Hello, and welcome to episode six of Encore. Thank you for joining us today. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by the GIA Hymnals app. With this app, you can get all of GIA's popular hymnals on your iPad or iPhone for church congregations, choirs, and musicians. Using the store section of the app, you can purchase pew, choir, guitar, keyboard, B-flat, and C instrument versions of our popular hymnals. The updated version two of the hymnals app was released on May 25th, 2020. Visit the App Store today to download. It requires iOS 9 or greater. We have an exciting guest on today's episode. You may know him as the star of Tuesdays with Michael or from his many years of service to GIA's editorial team. Welcome on to the show, Michael Silhavy. Michael, how are you, my friend? I am pretty good. I see it's episode six and you're finally getting to me now. That's okay, though. So I understand. Well, I couldn't, you know, I can't lead off with you. Then what All are right. we, you know, what are you? All right. All right. <laughs> Well, all right. Uh, first question I kind of got for you a, a little bit. Um, it's interesting because you, you've had two, let's call them tours of duty at GIA, uh, two yeah. separate tours of duty. So uh, could you just tell our listeners a little bit about maybe your musical upbringing, uh, maybe a little bit about your schooling and then kind of up until, you know, your first tour of duty at GIA? Sure. So musical upbringing, you know, I kind of uh, like so many kids started piano lessons and band instruments in grade school. By the time I got to high school, I was pretty sure I wanted to do music for the rest of my life, maybe a college band director or a music history teacher. Um, and uh, in high school, believe it or not, after a uh, rather uh, oh, funny story, I, I somehow ended up singing in Bob Battistini's parish choir. So Bob was in the parish just to the south of mm -hmm. uh, my, my home parish. And I finally went there one day and I couldn't believe what I was hearing and seeing. And I kept coming back, I kept coming back. And finally, two wonderful women approached me after mass in the choir. And they said, young man, we see you here every week for the last couple of weeks. And you're always looking at the choir. <laughs> you should come join the choir. And you should come tonight because we have a guest coming tonight to do a workshop. His name is Richard Prue, mm. and he's an important composer. Well, I did not know. I did not know Richard Prue from, you know, anyone at the time. It was just a name foreign to me. For some reason, I went. Next thing I know, I'm singing in this choir. Next thing I know, as I'm finishing up my music ed degree at DePaul, I'm doing the band uh, and grade school music at St. Barbara Parish. And I remember one time when uh, it was Palm Sunday, in fact, and there's the tradition of three people singing the Passion on, on, on uh, Palm Sunday, and the choir and congregation would always sing the, the Bach Passion Krell after that. So Bob was up there singing, so they needed somebody to conduct the choir for this one little hymn. And they thought, well, he's a band director, so let him do it. So there I'm conducting the choir for the first time as a high school kid. And I'm starting to uh, kind of get turned on to this whole choral thing. So that was it. I ended up succeeding Bob at St. Barbara's in Brookfield. And uh, during that time of when I was going to DePaul, um, I had a, a part-time position at GIA from 85 to 90. Mm -hmm. And um, so, yeah, that was my first uh, tour of duty. Somehow my, my um, uh, thought of becoming a music educator uh, disappeared and I, ended up tending towards church music. Absolutely. We could thank Bob Addisini for that, right? Yep. Yep. Excellent. 
After uh, your first tour of duty at GIA, you moved to Minneapolis-St. Paul and did some work there. Can you just tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so um, I started grad school up at St. John's in Collegeville in the summers and uh, while well, I was in Chicago. And uh, I, before Minneapolis-St. Paul, I, I learned of a cathedral opening in Duluth, Minnesota. And as a, a brash young kid, I, I applied and somehow I got the position there. So before Minneapolis was three years at the cathedral and diocese in Duluth, uh, it's the job I should have had in my retirement. It's a beautiful city up on Lake Superior, mm -hmm. uh, kind of laid back from a busy Chicago life, but uh, loved my time there. And then I had, oh, 14, 15 years uh, in the worship office in the Archdiocese of St. Paul. Um, did liturgy, uh, had a lot of music responsibilities. I did our diocesan choir. Had the great chance to work with uh, some GIA composers. Uh, Kevin Vogt, who was there for just my first year. And then a really, really uh, rewarding, fun, successful time with Jim and Marilyn Beery, who were the cathedral music directors. Yeah. So I would do some music making. I would do some answering of questions for pastors and uh, musicians, workshops, um, a real good mix of stuff. Yeah, that's great. And then after that experience, uh, working in Minneapolis-St. Paul, you came back to GIA and um, everyone here is very glad you did. So besides the people, of course, um, what would you say are some kind of big changes uh, in the company, you know, that, things that were different from your first in, into now your second? Yeah, there, there's always two things I, I like to talk about. Um, one was the technology. And, and this is this is where, um, uh, you know, I get my reputation for being a 58 year old dinosaur. But I mean, I remember the days in the late 80s when a publishing company really didn't always have computers. We had a K-Pro word processor for mm -hmm. typewriters. Uh, we would send music to be typeset overseas where there was still the tradition of taking a hammer and a die and you'd line up the note on the page and you'd hammer it and then you'd move it over and hammer it. Um, wow. Covers, we would hand write the covers and then we would take the covers to a printer a couple blocks away and then he would print out these sheets and we would do stuff with glue and razor <laughs> blades and um so the technology it's hysterical to think how how primitive all of us were back then yeah and then um boy the way that gia has expanded um you know for me i, I think i always want to try to remind people that Sure enough, GIA really started providing training and resources for the Catholic Church. But mm -hmm. boy, we have become so much more than that. I, I think we like to note that our, our church customers are about 40% non-Catholic and our music ed side. And so the fact that GIA has so greatly expanded its offering and vision and scope I think those are, are two of the biggest changes. Yeah. Uh, I just, I also remember we used to work all in one room. There were four receptionists and then uh, one fellow had a little uh, partition with Cuba, uh, you know, par partitions. Uh, two folks had their own office. 
uh, a former colleague of mine, we sat together at like a church bingo table. And that's <laughs> where we did the first edition of Gather. So wow. all of this was happening in the same room, the editing, the art, the uh, talking to composers. So um, we've grown a little since then. Wow, that's just wild to hear, you know, from someone who started in 2016, just to hear that you guys used to take hammers and have to line up the music notes and everything. I couldn't imagine, you know, something with a world without finale now, you know, right. or something no, like that, right? Crazy, just crazy. <laughs> that is wild. I know, obviously, don't say anything you're not supposed to or whatever, anything like that. But is there anything you could tell our listeners about some of the special projects you're currently working on? Uh, you know, a little bit of a sneak peek, maybe. Yeah, we've got our special projects and our secret projects. Ah, our, yes. Um, I, I think that the special project I'm most excited about right now is a resource I'm working with with some um, ecumenical colleagues. And it's going to be a pretty comprehensive resource of graveside prayers and um, prayer services, uh, related to funerals that largely grew out of this whole crazy COVID time when people can't have full funerals. Um, the fact that so many places are now live streaming funerals. Um, sometimes the graveside is uh, the place where people gather outside rather than the church. Um, so many people not going to church. So I hope to get that out this uh, summer, but uh, this this very profound um, resource on uh, graveside uh, services and alternative funeral services. Um, other things, uh, there's a couple of book projects I'm working on. I'm happy that my former boss uh, in the Twin Cities, Vicki Klima, we're doing a book of hers about helping people get a better understanding of the mass. Uh, there are some other hymnody books coming up. That's always been a big uh, love of mine. So um, I'm pretty lucky where I get to jump around uh, from project to project and stay involved with uh, the day-to-day -day work of things here. So, Yeah, for sure. It's exciting stuff to keep an eye out for, too, definitely. You're currently director of music at St. Mary's in Riverside, Illinois. So can you speak a little bit about the challenges that... Uh, past year of the pandemic has brought, uh, what have you guys done to adjust? I'm sure a lot of uh, our listeners who are music directors out there would like to, you know, compare their experiences with yours. Yeah, well, you know, um, we followed that pattern of having to shut down for a couple weeks, a uh, couple months, then um, opening last summer with one mass and then to three and then to four. Uh, we're a little bit challenged at St. Mary's in that we're a tiny church, only about 12 pews on each side, uh, can fit just a little over 300. So we need more services because we can only fit in about 70 people at a time. Of course, we don't have hymnals so in the pews right now. So we've done a whole lot more with instrumental music. We have used this time that asks us to prohibit singing by doing some unfamiliar music that people won't be able to sing on because they don't know it. But after hearing it, um, and when our masks can come off, um, we'll say, all right, folks, you've heard this now uh, for the last couple of months. Now it's your turn to sing it full voice. Yeah. Um, exploring more solo music than choral music. And um, uh learning how to be responsible 
uh, or not responsible, but learning how to deal with the whole live stream issue. Um, it's causing me to be more careful with my uh, one licensed copyrights and my mm -hmm. colleague uh, at the parish, Siobhan, helps greatly with that. So um, it's uh, like, like many of us, yeah. Um, my people are probably doing more singing than they should be, but that's okay. You know, um, mm -hmm. as a community, we've decided that's okay. And it's also been fun just to maybe have a single instrument for the Easter vigil rather than a string quartet or a brass quartet on Easter. Um, it's just been fun to explore new music, new sounds. So um, I think we're making the best of a pretty awkward situation. Yeah, definitely. I think it's cool you mentioned the in instrumental music. Um, when everything first shut down, us and you know the marketing department were just trying to figure out some things to focus on and instrumental music was one of that and and you know we have so many great instrumental offerings in our catalog and we you know we found that a lot of churches were uh exploring a lot more with instrumental music so that's great yeah all right i'm gonna jump to a little bit more of a casual part of the interview here so right. first question we have for you how did tuesdays with michael first start ah. <laughs> It started when Kate Williams walked into my office with her uh, phone and said, uh, you're on the internet, start talking. Uh, <laughs> that's the honest to God story. And look, that might've been two years ago. Yeah. Uh, and it's funny, this is, you know, this was, uh, this was really a first attempt, I think for us to do some sort of social media video with people. I think we'd always been a little slow and behind in some of those initiatives. So this 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 all happened when we were starting to GIA to get a bit better handle about this. And I think that the hope was uh, that it would be uh, a little fun. You know, just who, who are these people who are making decisions about your music and right. and choosing music and, you know, who are they? Um, we would sometimes interview composers when they came in, much like this. You know, they're very fun and get to know the composers. Uh, there were some times that we would, uh, you know, have uh, serious discussions about um, issues in the church or, or music. And I think part of the fun also was very profound was um, kind of like an odd couple. Uh, what does this uh, uh, older uh guy and a younger woman, I mean, how do we approach things from our different experiences, our different parishes, our different backgrounds, our different... Mm -hmm. um, so we had a lot of fun with that. And some shows were purely silly, some were good. Uh, at our best, we'd get a thousand views, which was pretty good. We were pretty pleased about that. Yeah, so. definitely. But then look, here we are, where I think uh, GIA has really done an exceptional job. Marketing did such a fine job with those homecoming series uh, last year um, and, you know, little initiatives like this. Um, so I'm not saying it was the start of things, but um, it was kind of uh, fun. Uh, yeah. COVID has kept us from doing it, but who knows, maybe there'll be a reunion. We'll yes. People what they want. Yes. Definitely. So uh, Kate, of course, was a guest on the podcast already. And when she was on, she mentioned, Oh, um, down the road, you should have Michael and I on together at on the same episode together. Absolutely. So I, that'd be great. And so we might have to give her a chance to defend herself on this next question. So who would win in a game of Monopoly? Basic rules. 
between you and Kate? Oh, she'd kill me. Oh, <laughs> ruthless. Just reach over, grab my money, grab my properties. Yeah, I no, no doubt she would win. No okay. doubt she would win. <laughs> So we don't, <laughs> so we don't have trying to defend herself. You have conceded. I have conceded. For sure. That yep. is good. Yep. That's I've good. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I'm sure she'll be glad to hear that when she when she's listening to this episode. All right. So next for next, I got a new segment that we're trying out today. It's called the pick one segment. I'm going to give you a choice of two things. Oh you're going to have to pick one of them and tell me very briefly why you made that choice. Sure. All right. First one, tacos or pizza? Oh, pizza. Uh, love my uh, thin crust pizza. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I would agree with that choice. I think I might know the answer to this one, but Chicago Cubs or Minnesota Twins? Oh, you know, I, I'm back with the Cubs now. Uh, okay. 20 years with the Twins, but uh, it's good to be back home with the Cubs now. Yep. Definitely. And being a diehard White Sox fan, I hate both of those teams. That's so. all right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Next one, Coke or Pepsi? Oh, Coke for sure. For sure. Okay. Always been a Coke household. Yep. Beethoven or Bach? Oh, probably Bach. Um, I don't have the the keyboard chops to play the big Bach repertoire or to play much Bach uh, at all. But um, uh, as a church musician, I have to admire Bach. Yes. Batman or Superman? Oh, Batman. Uh, I'm I'm just thinking of the TV show. Love the dry humor, the the snark, the sarcasm, the wit. So solely based on uh, the Batman TV show. Very good. Okay. Next question is an interesting one for you. If Michael Silhavy was elected president of the United States for one day, what would be your first executive order? Oh, I would require that every stanza of every hymn be sung. (laughs) And and then maybe I'd get to stuff like the death penalty or something, but um, uh, priorities, right? I'm not sure I can mandate a GIA hymnal in every pew, but you know that, that would be yeah, that would that's be a good high place to start. Also. Yeah, yeah, that would be definitely. <laughs> awesome. So I know you're a big fan of the show The Office. Oh yes. Who are some of your favorite characters, and do you sometimes try to emulate them at the GIA office? Oh yeah, that's a little game we've played at GIA. Who on staff? is uh, the office uh who, who is their character in the office uh so i had my uh short stint as senior editor and uh you know i suppose i had my michael scott moments trying to <laughs> maybe be more silly than responsible corporate not understanding me me not understanding them uh trying to be a nice guy uh now i'm more happy to be uh maybe a stanley yeah, uh, you know, just kind of sitting there uh, doing my thing, uh, helpful if need needful, not afraid to tell it like it is sometimes. Yeah, uh, throw out some dry humor. Dry humor. I sympathize with Toby. Yeah, uh, you know, not cool enough to be Jim. I don't think I'm Dwight. Uh, I think there's, well, no. Uh, yeah, I'll, 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 I'll go with Stanley. Stanley. No, can't go wrong with Stanley for no, sure. Not at all. No, that's good. Are you a Parks and Rec fan as well or more so just yeah, office? Yeah, I came to that a little bit late. I, I yeah, but I'm not sure I would um, be able to uh, 
tell you yeah tell which me, character yeah, yeah 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 but uh we're always a little bit uh, behind tv shows in uh the Silhady house we just finally got turned on to schitt's creek after oh okay it ended but um that's yeah, a good one so you guys will enjoy that yes very much all right last question here to kind of wrap things up so what are some ways you like to spend your free time or your off days well I think it's fair to say that one of the things is something you you helped me out with. Um, uh, given the fact that one of your responsibilities uh, is setting up our summer reading sessions across the country, uh, you always do a very good job to make sure that you send me someplace uh, based on a major league baseball schedule, so I can you know take a game one day and take in a reading session the next day. So. Uh, we're baseball fans at home. Uh, I think I'm more of a sports fan than uh, people realize. So that's mm-hmm. that's kind of fun to keep to myself. Uh, I suppose the big thing at home, um, probably the opposite of sports, would be uh, opera. Uh, Wendy and I are huge opera fans. We'll do vacations based around opera. Yeah. Um, so that's fun for us. Um we're about two years into our current house and we're still kind of having fun little by little thinking, okay, maybe this is the year for the deck or is this the year to redo the attic? So um, we're still kind of uh, in the process of making our most recent place our own. Um, So uh, I'm lucky. I I, I get to do a good uh, bit of travel in the work and uh, that always, uh, is rejuvenating um so sure it's all you, good. you guys gonna try to get out to wrigley field for a game this year uh we we were there already we were oh there wow see, look at uh, you we were there when uh oh that one game we beat the brewers uh okay. it was a monday night in fact the day after easter one year we went to one year in minnesota we went to the twin stadium uh twins park on easter afternoon it was just a wonderful way to spend it and uh, yeah treated ourselves also day after easter go to a ball game and just relax so yeah well awesome that is uh that we covered everything here very good well thank you very much michael i appreciate you uh hey, jumping in today fun and it's uh like i said i i so appreciate what you're doing to try to put a, a human face on the people at gia and i think um uh listeners want to know who these folks are and uh are they are they any good? What's their qualifications? What's their background? So I, I think what you do is a uh, it's fun, but also uh, valuable to have people get a better understanding of who all of us Jay are. So thank you. No, thank you very much. I appreciate that. It's been a lot of fun so far, for sure. So all right. Well, thank Great you again, fun. my friend. Thanks, really appreciate uh, it. Very smooth and uh, nicely done. So very absolutely. Good. All right, you have a good weekend now, buddy. All right. Thanks. All right. Take care. Yeah. Okay. We hope you enjoyed that interview with Michael Silhavy, Senior Project Editor at GIA. Stay tuned to our website and subscribe to our email alerts if you have not already done so to see any updates on some of Michael's new projects coming out. Thank you for listening to Episode 6 of Encore. We'll be back in a couple of weeks. Stay tuned to our social media channels and soundboard.giamusic.com. Until next time, take care, everyone. (laughs) 